the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. And I want to tell you the doctors are in the house. I'm excited that you guys are here. Very excited. We're going to talk about the kingdom healthcare system, but I also want you to know um, Hussein and Adetone Musa, they're doctors, so I should call you Dr. Musa and Dr. Musa. <laughs> and I was talking about how you guys are so likable and lovable. And what'd you say, Hussein? What'd you say? I said that my wife is the most beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're hilarious. Mm, that is not what you said. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's what the record shows. <laughs> That's what the record shows. Yeah, we were off record, off air. What did he say? What did he say? Come on. But that was pretty nice. That was some quick it was thinking. Nice. I, I, I like the uh, improv there. But the improv. <laughs> you know, I, he says I always get all the compliments. It's true. Is it true? So it's true. Whatever it's true. opportunity he can get, he will steal those compliments, and he'll just make it his own. Oh my gosh! I believe in the royal we as a couple. The royal we mm. as a couple. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I was telling y'all how lovable and uh, likable you are, and uh, man, yeah, you just stepped right into that Hussein. <laughs> so that's funny. We have. Uh, I want to thank you. We've had a great time just off air, um, praying and visiting, and I really am excited for people to know know who you are and to know what God has called you to do. So you're both doctors, and I want to hear some of your story. But let's just start with what has God called you to do. We're talking about kingdom health care. What does that mean? Who's going to tell me? I guess I'll start. Okay. So we have to go back in time. Yeah. Good. I love it. In 2018, we started a free clinic called the Deliverance Free Clinic. Yeah. And it was an amazing clinic. We saw patients for free. We provided wow. medication refills. We counseled. We prayed. It was just a lovely experience. In 2020, due to COVID, we had to close. Oh, man. And it really. Just when people need it the yeah. most. Yes. Yeah, exactly. you had to close. Yeah. It was a completely volunteer effort. So our physicians, our nurses, our staff, everybody gave out the kindness of their heart. Wow. And after we closed, I felt very discouraged and disappointed because I know God called us to start this medical ministry. Yes. And I couldn't do it. So there was a time where I felt that it just didn't happen, God. It didn't yeah. happen. And I did my best, and it didn't happen. I was very despondent. But in 2022, God a series of miraculous events. Oh, I love miracles. I love miracles. <laughs> God revived the vision, and he told us that this will be the kingdom health care system. I like that. And that it won't just, great. It won't just be one clinic. It'll be a series of clinics, a health care system, to really take care of God's people. Health care wow. is, is a major issue. So many it people is. are praying for access to health care. 
And the reality is our healthcare system is broken in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Health insurance no longer keeps its promise to provide affordable care and, act, and actual access to care. Mm. And I believe that us as the church body can make a difference in providing that access to care for, for God's people yeah. and the, as a way to share the love of Jesus to everyone. Come on, man. Come on, man. Woo. Amen. All right. I want to hear about like some of these miracles that... I mean, what does that look like for y'all that God kind of made the way? Who's going to tell me? (laughs) Which one shall we start with? Yeah. You know, I think after we, I say temporarily close the Deliverance Free Clinic. Oh, okay. Which God rebranded to the Kingdom Healthcare System. I say temporarily because we kind of had to make a, a pivot because of COVID. We weren't sure what was going on. And we didn't want to uh, endanger the volunteer staff, yeah, but I, I knew see. that it was going to come back. I knew that everything that we sewed into the Deliverance Free Clinic was going to come back to us with some sort of return, some sort of harvest. And yeah, that's amen. what we're seeing now yeah. in the Kingdom Healthcare System. But because we made that decision to reopen, um, the enemy really came at us. There yeah. was a lot of opposition. And, uh, you know, people say that, spiritual warfare it, it happens in the mind you know and there are, there are things that the enemy will whisper to you to discourage you oh yeah um to make you almost forget your identity or, or what your calling is oh he loves to do he that he loves doing yeah. that and that's what we were fighting at that time and yeah. and that's what um that miracle is that we referred to so yes. you know um after i i think it was yeah, shortly after COVID broke out in yeah. 2020. It was July of 2020. July of 2020. Um, oh, man. You yeah. just said a lot. I say that, that your eyebrows said something like, oh. Yeah. yeah. I guess I can start July. some of that. Yeah. So I worked as a medical director for a treatment center. Okay. So as everybody sheltered in place, we were still going to work because we're both physicians and we see patients. We have to be there. Right. So in my treatment center, I... COVID really broke out amongst the staff, mm-hmm. myself, wow. the patients, and I contracted COVID in July 2020. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and that was really the first time I was actually sick. Wow. So there was about a two-week period where, well, actually a 10-day period where I had a fever of above 102, almost mm. 10 days. In my Crazy. 14-day quarantine, I lost about 12 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was really a point where we were concerned uh, that I might have to go to the hospital. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The coughing, started coughing up blood. Wow. The fever wasn't going away. And wow. that night we were in FaceTime and I just prayed to God, like, Lord, heal me. I know your call on my mm-hmm. life. This isn't it. That mm. the enemy will not win. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be afraid. And my yes. wife prayed for me. Yes. Yeah. And this is all via ah. FaceTime. We were, you know, he was isolating and oh, man. we were just crying out, out to God, um, you know, in tears. And, um, but I knew God would, would heal him. Um, you know, I, I was concerned because his um, oxygen readings were low mm-hmm. and he was coughing. Mm. And at one point he wasn't really making too much sense. So in my head as a doctor, I had this plan. A little um, less sense than normal, I guess. <laughs> we got to caveat for that. Yeah, well, because of that high fever, it, it, it makes it hard for you to think straight. Yeah. And so I, I had this plan that, okay, I'll, I'll gown up, I'll put on my mask, and I'm just going to go in there if, um, 
if it, this continues. Yeah. But we decided to pray. And after that, he went to sleep. And um, then you can tell them what happened after that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. So when I went to sleep, I woke up. I was in my bed. But there was this being or this monster, whatever you want to call it. Mm. It was just gnawing on my leg. And I screamed. And I said, Jesus, help me. And after that, I woke up again. And I was still in the same location in my bed. But this thing was gone. But I knew that Jesus healed me. Come on. At that moment, I knew, like, I'm healed. I checked my temperature. My fever was gone. I told my wife. I'm healed. He did it. He heard our prayer. He healed me. It's over. It's done. It was done. Prior to that, constant fevers, high fevers. And after that, the fever broke. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a miracle. It is a miracle. Yeah. So He's a miracle worker. So we were, I mean, we're both physicians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did all the research. We took our vitamins, vitamin D. We had albuterol. We had steroids. We had ZPEC. I mean, we had it all. Yeah, because we knew that we knew that we could take care of this. But it was I wasn't getting better. Yeah, and at that point, we just gave it to God, and yeah. He's the great physician. He's our healer. And yeah, I know what I can do, but I know God can do so much more. So I put my trust in Him. <laughs> that is so awesome, man. Yeah. So you you saw like whatever a manifestation or whatever yes. you you saw something yes. and you're like Jesus help me mm-hmm. and you cried out mm-hmm. and then you what happened you woke up or I you woke came, up again so was, we've God has trained us probably over the course of three or four years there's dreams and then Prior. there's mm-hmm. walking in the spirit yeah and a lot of times. I will call it a dream, but you're completely yeah. alert. You're completely yeah. awake. Yeah. Everything looks the same as you remember in your house mm-hmm. and your bed in that location. And it, it, you feel like you wake up once or twice and you're still sleeping, but you're still cognizant of yes. everything. Yes. So we've learned not to ignore those dreams. He's spoken to us many times like that. Yeah. And any time that we acknowledge it, it works out well. When yeah. we don't acknowledge it, God, by his grace, he still works it out, but there's a lesson to be learned. Okay. Yeah. Can Mm -hmm. you give me an example from that? Something like that? Oh, yes. Well, I'll I'll share some of it. Okay. So with our third son, my wife had a C-section and there was, we'll say complications. Okay. And at one point, probably day eight or day nine, she, while at home, she just wasn't recovering. And- Wow. We didn't understand what was going on. She couldn't eat. She was in a lot of pain. I was just vomiting. You yeah. Know, I couldn't keep anything down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was awful. This yeah. is our third child. We know what the normal course is. We're right, both doctors, right. but this is just weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we went to sleep, and I had this <laughs> this is going to be a good dream, um, <laughs> a good story. Yeah. And I had this dream that I was there, and there was a plumber. He was trying to fix something. And or I was a plumber. I don't remember completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after like using all these tools, these gadgets, doing all this stuff, yeah. I just finally stepped back. I slapped my hands together like, you know what? There's nothing I can do. It's clogged. I can't do it. There's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I told my wife that dream. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, which is really interesting. Yeah. She asked me, what do you think that means? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think you have a small bowel obstruction. What? Yeah. There, a medical diagnosis 
was the interpretation of that dream. And, and that was that that, – there, there's nothing in that dream that would signify that, but the Holy Spirit somehow – exactly. Communicate. That's that's what you and yes, what exactly. And this exactly. was about three a.m. or something. Where we woke up, I told my wife, "I think you have a small bowel obstruction." Mm-hmm. Yep. And so the Holy Spirit had already been talking to me about, "Hey, you need to go to the hospital." But I was trying to ignore him. You <laughs> yeah. didn't want to do that. You didn't want to go to the hospital. I don't want to go to the hospital. And um, you know, Hussein then gave me uh, the interpretation of the dream. And, wow. Uh, God was really uh, putting it on my heart that you need to uh, address this. And so I decided to, it was 3 a.m. that uh, that day. We yeah. did not. Um, we went two days, like a day or two later. Oh, my goodness. We <laughs> went two days later. So this is, I, I was I was really wrestling with God. I'm like, no, you know, everything's fine, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, two days later at 3 a.m. is when I decided, oh okay, we, we need to go because wow. God's telling us to go to the hospital. And God only, he knows the end from the beginning and his ways are not our ways. Right. So I finally decided to be obedient and go. So we ended up in the emergency department with our newborn baby. We left our two eldest with grandma and grandpa. And um, the ER physician walks in and he looks at me. I look, you know, relatively young and healthy. And he's like, yeah, what's what's the matter? You know, I'll give you some stool softeners. You know, I think you're fine to go home. So he's writing um, the prescription. He actually took an x-ray first. Okay. Okay. And uh, but then I I keep insisting and he says, "Okay, well, I'll order an x-ray as well. But he's ready to discharge right, me. He really right, is. Yeah. And so once the x-ray results come in, he, he like bursts into the room and he says, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this in a post-C-section patient. You have a small bowel obstruction. Oh, my gosh. And he admits me, he calls all these people, surgeons and the, the OBGYN oh um, <laughs> group and everyone, you know, wow. and he admits me that night. And that is another battle that we can <laughs> go delve into or not. But delve? Let's delve. What do you, what can you, can you tell one. us? Well, yeah. So I, I was admitted. Yeah. And I was in a lot of pain at yeah. that point because we really had postponed it for a long time. Um, and with a small bowel obstruction, your bowels are not able to, to move all of the, you know, contents down. Right. And as a result, it causes a lot of um, inflammation and swelling yeah. and so and bloating. It looked like I was nine months pregnant, even though I had my yeah. baby. Yeah. Um, and in medical school, we're, we're taught that you never let the sun set on a small bowel obstruction. Oh. Never let the sun set on a small bowel obstruction. And that means that it's extremely... Uh, wow urgent mm-hmm. to to take care of it or else the patient may die. But God wow. gave us so much grace. So I, much grace. I think it was probably two weeks I was like that. Two weeks, I <laughs> oh think. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I was still alive. <laughs> wow. Um, and throughout the hospitalization, the only thing that I really could focus on was Jesus. So the mm. only thing I could really listen to were worship songs. I'd have my phone playing worship songs 24-7. Yeah. Um, and I was in prayer 24-7. I hadn't eaten in probably... 48 hours. Uh, well, to be honest, probably over a week because okay. I, I wasn't able to right. um, hold anything down. And then the real fasting started with 
absolutely no water, no food, wow. except for whatever was going through my IV. Yeah. The rest, I'm going to have to yeah. ask for my husband's help because I was a patient. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, we were we were admitted for about 48 hours, mm-hmm. and honestly, everybody was hoping that things would just get better. Mm-hmm. Okay. And people. And no one really wanted to do the definitive action. So it got to one point, uh, my wife was just having so much pain yeah. at night, and we just prayed. I remember while she was sleeping, and I was sleeping, I saw a figure sitting on the edge of her bed, a very tall figure in yeah. robes. I, wasn't, I didn't realize I was asleep until I woke up again, and everything yeah. looked normal, and this figure was gone. And... There was a peace after that visitation, mm-hmm. and the next morning we said, "This is we're not doing this anymore." So I spoke to the nurse. <laughs> I told her get a CT scan on my wife mm-hmm. because she's not getting better. Mm-hmm. The nurse did it. I looked at the CT scan, and I got to see the small bowel obstruction with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. It was humongous. Mm-hmm. Oh, so man. I spoke to the nurse. I told them call the surgeon mm-hmm. or call us an ambulance, or we're gonna because either way we're gonna. She needs surgery, and we're going to leave this hospital. Mm-hmm. And they called the surgeon. They called the other doctors. And mm-hmm. after that, the surgeon finally admitted, after we asked him, what is the treatment? He said, well, we need to decompress this. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Two hours later, she's in the OR getting the definitive treatment. Mm-hmm. But if God, one, didn't give us the understanding, the boldness, and the peace, right? it could have had a yeah. much worse outcome. Oh, yeah. All that to say is that when God told me the diagnosis about three days before, uh-huh. I should have just trusted him yes. and just went there and got it taken care of and not hope that it would go away, that maybe he was wrong. Yeah. yeah. So his sheep know his voice, and we've learned to, yeah. to listen. To yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's, that's a great story. I mean, it's a story about learning. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's go with it. But God was so gracious yeah. you know, grace. to teach you and heal mm-hmm. you his throughout grace. that. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Where does this faith come from for you guys? <laughs> you know, uh, I, we've been through a lot of ups and downs and trials, and I, I believe that, you know, God never leaves us or forsakes us. And I have this, I always have this visual of him holding my right hand, mm-hmm. especially in the, you know, the tough times. And I also believe that our faith is even increased. Like he gives us even a, a greater measure of faith yeah. and grace through all of these trials. And I, I would say because of that, because of everything we've been through and, and his faithfulness. You guys have been through a lot. That's yeah. what you're telling me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Her eyes went that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you have your faith at a young age? So I grew up Christian. Okay, um, where'd you grow up? I don't even know where y'all yeah. are from. So I'm background. Yeah, oh, let's hear it. Let's hear I it. I was born in Lagos, Nigeria. Oh my gosh. Lagos used to be the cap- capital of Nigeria, but now it's Abuja, but that's where I was born. And, okay. Um, a lot of my extended family are still there. Okay. Um, my dad, he is a physician. He's he has a uh, medical degree, but also a research degree, a PhD. Wow! And so wow. during his training, I was young. We were still in Nigeria. He he decided to um, you know accept a position at the Wiseman Institute as a research student okay. in reproductive biology. So we all moved to Israel 
we we lived. How old in, were you at that time? I think Ish? I was four. Okay. Four. Yeah. I still Israel. remember it very well. You do? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Everybody was really nice. Um, yeah. Um, so we lived there for about two years, and then we moved to the states. And you know, I lived. I've lived in Philadelphia. In Is that where you first moved? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. And okay. <clears throat> in, in time for kindergarten. And uh, then I moved to Indianapolis, and then we really settled in in Northern Virginia, in the D.C. area. Where in Northern Virginia? I have to ask because I lived there many years ago in West Springfield is where I live. So where would y'all live? Uh, Herndon, Virginia. Uh Yeah, Herndon. Fairfax uh, County. Fairfax County, yeah, Mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. I went to Chantilly High School, loved it. (laughs) Chantilly, this is the second time in two weeks I have heard somebody talk about Chantilly High School. That's crazy. That's a great school, very big. Oh, yeah. And then that was um, just fun fact. That was my first freshman basketball game was against Chantilly at Chantilly. They had a beautiful gym many, many decades ago. But did did you win? Did we win? Did we win? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, we were pretty bad. So I'm I'm guessing that Chantilly won. We won five games that year, lost 14. Pretty good chance we lost. But I think they might have been a new school then. Maybe maybe we got a win. I should remember because there were only five of them. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. yeah, did we win? All right. You got some Chantilly high pride. I I love it. Got some of that. Um, and so then after that, um, I went to UVA, University of Virginia. Oh, oh wahoo, yeah, okay. Wahoo, wah. Um, I, wow. I studied neuroscience. I've always been interested. Of course interested. you did. Yeah, Wait, mm-hmm. as your undergrad? Yeah, You can undergrad. study that as your undergrad. It was actually a new, oh a new major, okay. multidisciplinary major. And then okay. after that, I stayed there another four years as a medical student. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. In case you all don't know, UVA is like Ivy League without being Ivy League. I mean, <laughs> it is the elite of the elite. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so, then – um, so at that point, I think we were dating officially. Oh, okay. There's a story. Um, yeah, we were, <laughs> there is a story. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. We're gonna say that one for the sequel. Yeah, <laughs> the sequel. No yeah. way, man. <laughs> and, That's funny. You know, we we've always had a really good friendship and relationship, and um, you know, I decided, well, let's see how it would be like to live a little bit closer to him because he's originally from Chicago. So you're a Chicago guy. Mm-hmm. Go Bears. Go Bears. <laughs> so after I was done with uh, medical school, I moved to Chicago for my internal medicine internship uh, training. Okay. Um, we spent some, you know. Wait, how did you all know each other in the first place? <laughs> we met I at... love these looks that we're getting. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We met at a summer program for pre-medical students at Yale. And this, that it was a long time ago. Uh, we were both freshmen. It was the summer of our freshman year. Okay. And I, I say that we had a great friendship because we um, would call each other pretty much every night. Yeah. And we always had something to talk about. I it was it. like our favorite part of the day. Yeah. To speak to each yeah. other. Wow. And so that's how that relationship built. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have anything to add at this yeah. point? <laughs> say it on this. Yeah. Well, there's a time in a young man's life where they make many mistakes. And mm. oh. the good oh. thing is <laughs> as God gives mm-hmm. us grace, we mature and we realize yeah. the error in our ways. Yeah. And he gives us grace. And okay. I thank God for his grace. Yeah. I'll just translate that yeah, by translate saying. Translate that um, for us out of tone. You know, we... We were dating, and then we were not. Okay. And it was kind of like an on-off yeah. and then on again. Yeah. I think just because of our maturity. And, sure, yeah. Uh, we, were, we were still growing up. Right, um, right. Okay. Eventually, we, we did get married. Uh, this is when I was a resident, and 
in Connecticut at Yale. Okay. And a resident physician just really does a lot of intense specialized training in neurology. Yeah. He was in New York studying anesthesia. Wow. And that's when we got married. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seems like a perfect time to get yeah, married. Yeah, perfect yeah. time. Uh-huh. Nice and low-key. Uh-huh. <laughs> no stress. <laughs> no stress. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. All right. So you had your faith from a very young age? Yes, I yes. did. Devotionals every night. Our yeah. father would um, assign us different books of the Bible and different verses. And, and also we would go around wow. taking turns reading every night because – as early readers, that's how we learn to read, is reading the Bible. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, your dad sounds like quite a guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a wise man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So you always had this faith, mm-hmm. and it just, you grew with it. Yes, I and did. And all that. And so what about you, Hussein? Well, that's that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that like says it all. Is, hey, <laughs> so, I love Chicago. I grew up in Chicago. I love Chicago. And we talk about something else. All right, <laughs> okay, translate that. All right, go on. No, I grew up in Chicago. My parents are actually Muslim. So I spent wow. most of my youth um, growing. Whoa, growing time th- out. Yeah. You became a Christian after being raised a, a Muslim? Yes. I would say more of a mixture because okay. my parents are both from Nigeria and we did go to church at times more for. Okay. To get involved in the culture more, okay. but I was born and raised in Chicago. I don't have her um, diverse, <laughs> her diverse upbringing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we went to church for a while, and then once my parents and the Nigerian community there established a mosque, we started going to the mosque. Wow. And for the most part, I just didn't care that much one way or the other. I was mainly agnostic. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Let me tell you something. I am honored and blessed by this conversation with Dr. Hussein Musa and his wife, Dr. Adetone Musa. Man, they are special. They are unstoppable. And I don't want you to miss that they have more testimonies that you're going to hear come back next week for episode two. So I want to tell you this. Paul, the apostle, he wrote this, and this is why we're very bold radio, very bold ministries. He said this in 2 Corinthians 3.12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.